Welcome back to What's Your Bliss, part of the Anything But Credible Network. My name is Thomas Ragland, and I'm so delighted to be coming back to you another week. My guest this week is the creator of the Expand Your Brand Intensive, Jack Tristow. Jack, welcome, and what's your bliss? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Thomas, uh, for inviting me here. And that's an amazing question. Um, it actually got me thinking when you asked me that. Uh, and, and now it got me thinking again. And my bliss is uh, today's date, the moment I'm living right now. And sometimes when you, when, you, when you are asked that, what's your bliss? And then you remember of a moment back in time when you felt really good, when something was amazing, when you got a, a really exciting visit, when you, when you met your, your, the love of your life, or when you went on a great trip. Mm. And the bliss is me being here because I can manage to look back and, then, and, and, and actually revisit all of those good things that have happened in the past. And my story is very unique because I am uh, a Brazilian entrepreneur and I like to call entrepreneur in the transformation industry. Uh, and then because, you know, people, uh, the, the coaching business is very saturated these days and, and I do coaching here, coaching there, and I've been changing, pivoting a little bit and, and, because most of them won't won't stay around for long. I will. <laughs> and, and it's just because I truly believe in what I do. And I help coaches of, of uh, different niches uh, accomplish uh, success in their profession by sending the right message. And this is something that I've been doing for, for many years. But the the, the thing is... I, I wanted to reach more people and more people and more people. And I started doing this in the, my hometown, which is in the south of Brazil, which is where I'm, I'm currently living right now. And, and I was doing that. And at some point, uh, I got to a limit. I, I couldn't actually help more people because uh, I just wanted more. And, and, and geographically, that wasn't possible. So I decided that I was going to create this new... Uh, I was going to migrate to the online world mm. and create a, an online course and then you know live the dream of uh, make money while you sleep. And I, I actually had to learn that the... the, the, the tough way because that's not a thing <laughs> you don't <laughs> right. you, you you don't make money while you sleep you have to put in a lot of effort and and so i i decided that i i wanted to to create this new online course but i wanted to meet people from all over the world so i wanted to maybe travel to a different country and then live there i spent some years living in new zealand and that's where i actually learned uh all of my sales, not all of my sales, but, but most of my sales uh, skills. And also I learned how to speak uh, English fluently, which was something that I always wanted to do. That's not my first language. Obviously, you may have noticed that because of my accent, but I, I wasn't a good English speaker and I wanted to be a good English speaker. Then I would go to a, an English speaking country and I could live there, maybe Canada, maybe the UK, the United States. Or, or maybe New Zealand again, or Australia. That was part of a long-term goal. And maybe it was too far, but I wanted to do that. And then what, when, I was, uh, when, when my business was going well, I was growing slowly, steadily. Then uh, COVID hit <laughs> last year and everything went to a, a halt. And, and you had to put things off, obviously, travel and everything. So I was a bit disappointed because I wouldn't be able to travel because I was working towards that goal. Then I decided that I would try and do the, the, the very thing I wanted to do when I, was live, when I would be living somewhere else from my home office. Yep. And I joined a few uh, online courses. I bought a few courses of programs to, to enhance to, uh, my brand, to learn more about the international market. 
I created a Facebook group. I started uh, a, an organic uh, uh, strategy. I, I didn't want to spend uh, any any money in ads. I wanted to do everything real. I wanted mm. to be. I wanted to be authentic. I wanted to be myself, talking with other people. And then I started to network and get to meet people online. And that was when I realized that I was actually living my dream already, uh, sitting in my chair in my home office and 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 now i have clients from like in, in a short uh time uh in a few months maybe six months mm. i managed to to be selling all of my services online only and to people from all around the world so so i have clients in north america in the uk uh in ireland and friends also so I, I get to meet people and i made friends from other countries and we get to meet every week to hang out to share some some experiences and that is as if i was you know going out with some friends in a different place in a different country and i've been doing that uh, being safe here near my family and making money uh while i have fun getting to meet other people uh all across the globe so uh answering your question that is my bliss <laughs> that's amazing your story is so unique and uh and then there are pieces where it it resonates i think with a lot of a the the audience but b a lot of our guests in that there was a plan for something before the world shut down and there's a pivot point there and at that point you say well how can i still live my dream and how do I acknowledge that I'm doing that without maybe, maybe the, the travel piece itself isn't there, but like you said, you're still building those connections. You're still building those relationships. Mm -hmm. um, how, how do you feel like you've been successful in building those relationships? What's the, what's the key been for you in, in building those relationships with people? Great question. Again, the second one. And, uh, <laughs> The, the 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 key to to be to building those relationships was uh, I wasn't afraid of being rejected, mm. and I knew that that was the only way. Because I remember when I when I actually uh, started this program back in late 2019, uh, it was a program that actually was a big investment, and I was counting on that they were going to help me. Uh, build my brand. And I thought that it would be good because it was uh, a business uh, based in, in the United States. So maybe I could create some connections. I could build some relationships there with other peers in the same program. So I knew I was doing the right thing. And the strategy that they taught me was you need to talk to people you already know. That's how you get started. And they kept saying that. And every time I ask a question, so, okay, but I need, I, 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 what's the next step? And they kept saying that you need to talk to the ones that you already know. You need to, to, you need to rely on the, on referrals at first. That made sense, but I kept replying back. I have a different and a unique situation right. because friends around me don't, they, they can actually be part of my market because I'm, I'm actually trying to introduce myself into an international market. So there's no point of me talking to people around me. So I don't want to build relationships around me. So I don't want to go back to people that I know. I, I can't share this stuff with my family, uh, primarily because they won't understand. <laughs> not, not all of them would uh, understand uh, the language, which is not the, the native language here. So I knew that I, I had to keep pushing which was I need to get to know uh, people from other places. I need to be uh, myself. I need to be transparent. And I'm going to keep doing it, even if I don't make money in the beginning, even if I help some people uh, uh, for free, like pro bono. And I actually did that in the beginning. Uh, a few clients, I would take them in. I would help them and get a testimonial from people that, were in uh, actually in the market that I was targeting. Right. So that would be, uh, so, so answering your question, that's what I did. I, I, I knew I had this long-term goal. I knew 
I couldn't rely on, on local referrals. So I had to keep persisting. And I ended up hiring a virtual assistant. And this person was helping me uh, add people on Facebook every day, 30 to 50 people per day. And she would strike a conversation with them on my behalf, using my profile. And, and she would be inviting them to join my group so I could actually get to know them. And after a few uh, messages exchanged, then I would step in and get to know them better because, you know, most of them wouldn't even reply. Most of them uh, wouldn't be interested. But the ones that, that were interested, I wanted to get to know them. Right. And some of them actually became friends of mine. And, and some of them, some of them uh, became clients and, and those relationships are still going. And that's how I did it. I kept pushing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What do you think is the one thing, or maybe there's more than one, but when you are working with your clients and they are first trying to build up uh, their brand, their ability to coach, um, you know, their consultant work, whatever, what do you think is either a trap that they fall into or uh, something that they don't think about that you, you know, you've maybe worked with, you know, hundreds of people and, you know, a good third of them have the same issue. Is, is there something that sticks out to you? Yes. A couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a friend. He's just starting out as a life coach. And he actually attended one of my seminars a few years back. And he reached out and said, hey, Jack, I want to ask you a few questions because I'm about to get started in this big journey. I know you know a lot about that industry. Can you answer me a few, just a few questions I have to ask? So, yeah, sure. So he started telling me about the, the, the course that he's putting together to start sell. Uh, he wants to sell that. And I was, okay, and how's it going? And he said, yeah, I'm still uh, working the modules, the, the, the details, the, the, the description. And then I realized that he was making a mistake that I made several times, and that's where you get stuck. And I, I realized that I made this... Uh, all the time, actually, because I, 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 I was trying to sell the, the process rather than the results. Yeah. So I would try and create something to put on the shelf and then start marketing and, and then start promoting that, that product rather than selling an idea, a benefit, a transformation, and then build that product around the necessity that was uh, popping up right. in, in, in these conversations. And, and that's, that's I, I believe that's the biggest mistake someone in this uh, transformation industry uh, could be making right now. I see lots of coaches trying to uh, embellish their website, yeah. uh, come up with a nice looking funnel with some cool emails, and they and they get st stuck trying to 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 write a, a good message, trying to to look nice, right. rather than actually going after the clients. Because once you get to know them, what I was doing was actually when I get when I got started, I was going on sales calls all the time without even knowing what to sell at first. Then I actually created something, an idea. It wasn't a product. Still, it was an idea, and and I wanted to know if they were ready to 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 take on that journey, uh, and then I would tell them that I could help them, and 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 they were okay. How can you help? Oh, I have this uh, resource. Would you be interested? Is that something you're interested in? And and, and then I would uh, try and close the sale without even having uh, anything ready right. to be sold. I just needed to know where they were standing. And, and that's one thing that is really hard for them to do. I mean, them coaches, because they want to be seen as the experts. They want to be seen. And I, and I understand because I felt the same way. Sure. We want, now I'm, I'm, including, I'm including myself, we want to be seen as good professionals. We want to be seen as the experts, an authority, a reference, a go-to person. So you want 
your facade to be looking nice, to be to be cool, to be uh, and and that's that's the problem because people don't care about that. Yeah. They just want to know if you can help them with their problem. If you if you if you have gone through a similar uh, challenge and you know how to get out of it and you you have the antidote or maybe a recipe like a step by step process, a simple one that could get them unstuck. That's all they want to know. And if you tell them, I have this. And, and, and you can actually buy this, you know, it's at your disposal here. It's, you, can, you, can, you can do an exchange. You can give me money. I can give you the service. And so it's possible. It's feasible. That's all they want to know. Uh, they don't care if you, if you look nice, uh, if you have a, a fancy website, if you have a big funnel, if you have a, a 10,000 people Facebook group. Right. Even if you have a few people there, they feel that they, they feel connected connected to you and that's why i was going on those sales calls without even knowing what i had to offer because i wanted to build those relationships right and people would trust you after that because i was being myself and i see coaches avoiding that they tell me oh i'm, I'm gonna start going on calls next week and then you ask them the following week, it's the same answer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm almost, I'm almost there. I'm, I'm just putting the last few details together here. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, final touches uh, on a website, and you don't need a website. You just need a Zoom account, <laughs> a webcam, a microphone, and and a social media profile right. to actually go after your ideal clients. So the biggest mistake, in a nutshell, would be. Uh, spending too much time trying to fix your image or you, you're trying to, to come up with juicy, a juicy name for your brand or your modules or your course or, or trying to, to price it uh, and, and, and spend a whole day uh, doing market research because you want, you need to know how much you 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 want to charge for. The, that doesn't matter. Uh, if that person wants to pay you five thousand, that's what you're going to charge them. If they can pay you two grand, then you deliver a different course. Hmm. But you're not going to let them go wanting to pay you two grand. Right. And maybe that's a mistake I made. And also, it's the biggest lesson I've learned. Sure. Thank you for that. And I think I'm taking away a couple of things from that. And if the main takeaway for me, um, which I want to come back to is... I'm sorry, can, can, can you speak again? Because uh, you were breaking up and I changed my, my, my earbuds here. No problem. Can you hear me now? I can hear you well. Now. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to talk about a couple of pieces here. Um, the first one is what, what I think I'm hearing is being true to your values. And, and not getting focused on the fancy, not getting focused on the things that aren't going to matter to your clientele. You want to focus on the, the product that you're, that you're, or the idea that you're selling, and you want to focus on the clients themselves. And as part of that, you talked a lot about relationships. You've talked a lot about connection. And that seems to be a theme through all of this. I mean, even going back to the original bliss, right, is those relationships, those key pieces. And I guess the question in here is, has that always been something that you focused on even before you were doing this type of work? Is that something like as a child that you cared about building these relationships and, and those types of things? You... Uh, uh, you know how to ask a question. That was another <laughs> great one. I love I love your questions. Thank you. Yes, that was part of my my essence when I was growing up. Uh, even though I had no idea I would actually pursue this uh, character uh, when I when I, when I'll be working with people in my professional life but that actually started out when when I was working as a uh, account executive for a TV network so I would be visiting clients and I would be uh, you know having meetings to try and sell 
So I was involved in sales for, for a long time. Since I started doing, uh, since I started working, actually, sure. uh, I had to sell. Well, well we all are sale, salespeople. We know that. And it's, it's, it's been said uh, over and over and over, but it's true. We have to sell what we do. And, but I sold other people's stuff too. <laughs> That's, so I'm more of a salesperson per se. And, and, but I wasn't happy. Uh, I wasn't happy with the products or the services that I was selling. And something was not right. So I actually went after a, a coaching course. It was a, a four-day seminar. It was a very intensive uh, program, like a sub, uh, immersion kind of thing. And I actually came out the other the other side, uh, wanting to pursue that profession. I wanted to be a life coach, but during that uh, uh, seminar, I had to stand up and talk about myself for a little bit, maybe five minutes. And I was so involved in the self-development process in, in, in my emotions and everything. So I felt like I had, it was easy for me to, to talk about myself at that time because, you know, it was the environment. It allowed me to be myself and, and feel comfortable. But once I started to speak about my pain, my, my, my challenges, uh, I felt really vulnerable and I just wanted to get out of there as quickly as possible. It was excruciating, actually, at first. Yeah. And, but I, I, I went through with it, and, and I finished it. And I noticed that people were 100% connected with me. They were actually speaking to my soul, probably because I had done that before. I was speaking to them in a different way, authentically, I think. And, and I realized that that was the best way to sell anything ever. It would be uncomfortable, but I, could, I, I thought that maybe I could try and feel comfortable being uncomfortable. Hmm. And if that's a thing, I'm going to try and do it, and, and maybe someone can help me. And that's when I started to be... Uh, interested and then obviously that became a passion I wanted to learn how to be a good storyteller I, I, I wanted to be a good a, a professional speaker and that, that happened in 2012 hmm. not long ago but after that I created a, a, a course along with my master coach she helped me we actually created it together and it was uh, a course on public speaking and communication. I learned a lot about that. I wanted to to teach people to release from from that fear, release themselves from that fear of uh, public speaking, and also become a good communicator. Some people are communicative people, but there's a big difference between being communicative and being communicator, mm. because sometimes you just speak too much. And yeah. I was, uh, I was, I was communicative. I, I, I thought that, you know, when they asked me to stand up and, and talk about myself and, and share my, my, my emotions and, and I, this is easy, you know, I've been doing that since I was a kid and, and I, I, I'm always trying to be funny. Sometimes I am, sometimes I'm not <laughs> funny, but I, I'm trying to, I, I, I want to be liked and, 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 but it wasn't easy because I didn't know how to do that in a way that I would be an interesting person to be listening to. Mm. And so I wanted, I, I wanted to help people become good communicators. And, and so I learned about storytelling and I've been doing that ever since. And all of my uh, seminars, the ones that I did in person before COVID, obviously it was, uh, you, you learn how to tell a story in the beginning, like Friday, uh, 8 o'clock. You learn how to tell a story, a two-minute story, and you keep telling stories all the way to Sunday evening. And it's always a short story. But you learn how to see things from a different perspective. And you learn how to uh, share the way you see things. 
and and that's a gift you're giving people because you know they've been seeing things the way they see the way they learned and sometimes it's through fear trauma or or limiting belief and once you you teach them how to see things differently they start seeing the things that are around them in a different way sometimes even in a good way and they can benefit from having a different life and that has helped so many uh, people i've i've helped uh students uh, that were mm-hmm. trying to to be understood and that's a big challenge for those who want to sell a transformation or even anything uh they want to sell just a service but they want to be understood they want to be heard and the speech gets confused they don't know how to tell their own story because they don't know how to talk about themselves because they go through what i went through at that time and i know how to overcome that and i i think it's my obligation to share that so that's why i believe in authenticity and that's what i sell and that was your question you asked whether i was doing that before and yes i always wanted to become uh i know it's not right but i always did that i wanted to to be friends with my clients my sure. customers e- even if i was selling uh like a cell phone i did that actually when i lived in new zealand i was a salesperson uh selling stuff uh electronics at this mm-hmm. electronic store and when people would uh, uh come in to to ask for a computer a cell phone or a camera i wanted to be friends with them uh, and 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 talk about other stuff i mean the weather the because you know it was a, a ski resort kind of a town and sometimes they would come in like dressed up in in you know the the with the gear with the Whole skiing gear, yeah. snowboard gear and stuff like that and i wanted to know how it was uh, how was uh, the 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 experience up in the mountain i wanted to know if they had fun uh, genuinely speaking it wasn't just because i wanted to build rapport because that's yeah. what people teach when they when you go to a sales workshop they teach you that you need to build a rapport you need to ask about your client you you want to show interest but that's the technique and if you don't know how to use it through your own, your authenticity it just doesn't work because you don't want to know about that i just want to close the sale and i wanted to be friends with them even if i didn't close the sale and then it clicked okay so if i get their trust i can decide whether i want to sell it mm. if i don't want to sell i just you know i i i remain happy because yeah. i made a new friend and that's become, actually that's become uh my my mission i think It was a great question again because uh I didn't know I was going to think about that. Yeah. I didn't know I was going to uh talk about that or even visit those moments. I remember trying to become friend my client's <laughs> friends and, and it, yeah, it's uh just had some flashbacks here. <laughs> well, that I I mean I think that's great. I think it also speaks to that that impact that that experience had on you that all of that taught you you talked about you know you talked about the storytelling you talked about the authenticity and and what you talked about at the very end really stood out to me as someone who had been in traditional sales before as well it's this idea of it, it, it almost it reads to me as quality versus quantity right mm-hmm. you are you are selling a qualitative experience versus a quantity i have to get this many sold or i have to get you were wanting to you said you it, it is different than building rapport but i think it's just a different kind of rapport it's a different kind of trust that you were building with your clients and then you said that also may change if i sell to them or not and mm-hmm. because you know at that point there is that relationship um it's why they tell you to not like uh, do things with your family right like try, try not to sell them because you know uh, of the relationship there and but i think that it's it's so important because it really did kind of alter the direction of how you have seen sales it sounds like mm-hmm. for the rest of your life it is it is uh once again great question i i actually uh decided to leave my my nightify job uh, the one 
before I started doing coaching because it wasn't, it wasn't like a, a, a sales process where you sell a product, uh, 10 uh, TV sets or anything like that. I was selling service. So you can actually use some sort of uh, uh, consulting when you're selling. I wasn't, I wasn't just a salesperson. Okay, well, how can I help you? I wasn't that kind of salesperson. But because I would visit the client, I would understand their business. So you, when, you, when you talk about a visit to your client and, and, and one, two, three, four meetings, it's more of a consulting service. But you can still try and sell stuff that you don't believe in. Right. And, and I, 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 w- I was enjoying this process of visiting my clients because I could build a relationship. So I was happy in that sense. Right. And then because it, it was resonating with me, the fact that I wasn't just waiting for the customers to come in. So, okay, I like this. But then I was selling... Uh, uh, TV. I was selling uh, TV spots. I, I was like, uh, I was selling time on TV. They would mm-hmm. buy thirty second uh, TV spots, and but but the product that they were selling, I wouldn't buy myself, or I wouldn't even recommend that to a person I love. Uh, it wasn't it wasn't common, but but it happened, uh, and and it wasn't it was it was going against my principles. And it was hurting me, hurting me uh, at some point. And so I believe that the, the type of sales, when you build a report, if you have to, to know what you're selling, uh, you, need, you need to be understanding that that person really needs that. Uh, and I know it, it doesn't help if you need to, to actually uh, reach a quota or, or you know, a target, you, you need, you have to sell, I don't know, 5,000, you, you, you've sold 4,500 and you need an, an extra 500 and someone comes in and they almost, I know it's tempting for you to try and push that, yeah. but that would actually uh, come back to you uh, later. Uh, and it stays with you. The fact that you, you, you forced a sale down uh, when it wasn't the, the, the right opportunity, the right moment. It wasn't the right uh, need for them. Right. And when I, when I decided to start selling uh, uh, coaching services, like selling a transformation or maybe just selling an insight, because sometimes I have a client with me, everything I teach, they may have seen it before. Uh, they probably actually have seen it before. Once they ask me a question and I ask them a question, uh, I just I, 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 I reply to them asking another question and, and, and I get them thinking for a few seconds. And that actually happened the other day with a client I have in, in South Africa. Great kid. I mean, it's super nice to see him like doing this during the call. Yeah. Ah, oh, right, right, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I know something is happening. Yeah. And, and yeah, so, so, you know, all the, the eight calls, all the 12 other calls we've had before, they didn't matter because, you know, the, that moment when he realized now he knows how to take the next step or at least how to behave, how to, how to approach the challenge. He's seeing things in a different way. Uh, it was worth it. That was it. You know, that was it. That's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm done. I mean, I, I've, I, I, I can move on. I can help someone else, but this is what I'm passionate about. Uh, and because I know that once they do that, it's, it's not pretend when, yeah. when they realize something uh, deep down, they're being themselves. I don't know if they're going to be themselves when they, when they help their clients, but I know that that connection or that uh, uh, exchange was true, was, was, was real. When, when I asked them a question, get them to think, they had that insight. That moment was real. Maybe they won't be real with their clients. I can't 
you know, guarantee that. I try to help, but I don't know. You know, it's their life, their profession. But the the the, the connection we had was real, and that's what I'm looking for when I'm working with my clients. It goes back to that authenticity, which you had mentioned is so important to you personally and to you in what you do and what you're what you're talking about is not even promoting it. It's bringing that out of the people that you're working with. It's saying, I need to find where that authenticity is in you and bring that out because that's how you're going to be able to do this uh, properly. And I think that that's, I think that's beautiful. Um, I'm curious if there have been any differences in, uh, you know, you are, like you said at the beginning, you have clients in multiple countries and continents at this point. Have you found any cultural uh, differences in the, that approach to storytelling or ways that you've had to alter your approach culturally when you've been working with other clients? You know your stuff, man. You know how to ask great <laughs> questions. That's a great one. The best so far, I think. <laughs> and the answer is no, uh, I haven't. Yeah. And that's probably because life is one thing and the, the reactions we have towards the events happening around us are very similar because of the emotions we feel. So the one thing I teach my, my, my clients, my students, uh, when they want to connect with their clients or their audience, sometimes it's not clients, just an audience. Sure. They want to, they, they want to be perceived, uh, from, from, uh, by their, by their audience. And it, I, I tell them to, to talk about themselves and to tell a tiny bit of an experience that they've gone through in life because, some sometimes the 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 person that is watching you or the person that is conversing with you they don't know you well so they don't trust you yet mm -hmm. but once you share a little bit of yourself with them they may have not um they may not have actually gone through that very experience or the same situation but they have felt the same emotion because we are humans and, and we are alike. So once you, once you share that with them, they're going to understand that, oh, so we are alike. Yeah. Now I'm one of your own when I do that. And because we are humans, we are the same species. And so the, the stories that people share all around the world, they are the interpretation of what they understood from that event that happened to them. And that's actually uh, expressed through emotions. Mm. So I was going through this and then I felt this way and then I reacted this way and this is the, the decision I made and that was the result. Boom. So it's just the same structure in any country, in any culture. Uh, sometimes the reaction is different because you were taught to react differently because of your upbringing and, and, and you know, the, the culture references you have in, in your family. Okay. But it's gonna be, you're gonna be using one of the emotions that I also have. Right. I may not be using that one very often because I was taught differently. But in that country, they use that uh, emotion more often. But it's the same one I have. So I know that if I was in that situation, maybe I would have reacted the same way. And so it's interesting because you have a mixture of uh, different ways of reacting. But the way you tell the stories, I believe it's very similar. That's my personal opinion. Uh, people can uh, see this uh, in a different way. But <laughs> no, I think from... You know, I've been very lucky in doing this podcast to be able to interview people from all over. Uh, interviewed, um, funny enough, I interviewed an, uh, an Argentinian who also moved to New Zealand, um, and, and and so uh, I know, listened to that one. Yeah. That was the one that I listened <laughs> That's to. Yeah. What, yeah, the first one I think you listened to. Yeah, and um, you know, but I, I've been able to to speak to folks in the United States, folks in England, folks in Brazil, folks in New Zealand. Um, 
and what I've noticed is the same thing. That storytelling remains the same and it remains key to what we're doing. And, and so, yeah, I would, I would completely echo what you're saying there. On that note, you mentioned that one of the reasons that this kind of style appealed to you and what you were doing before COVID was this idea that you wanted to be able to travel. Well, mm-hmm. now that things are loosening up a bit and um, at least in, in some areas, are do you have plans to go in person and, and start picking that up? Or are you saying, hey, no, I have a good business model that I'm using now and that's what works? Yes. Great question. Again, I, I wouldn't, I, I'm not expecting anything different now. I'm, I got <laughs> used to your good questions. The, yes, I do plan on doing that. And you know what? I think I'm more prepared. Mm. And, and I feel that I have uh, a stronger uh, structure of emotional structure to to experiment something at that level especially because i have clients and friends in other countries now and i i have uh you know i i I, they've been inviting me to come visit yeah oh as soon as uh travel restrictions are lowered and 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 you know we can actually go to other places i want to i want to visit you they want to come here because it's beautiful where I live. I actually live by the ocean here. This is a beach just three blocks away from from where I am. And the weather is always nice, obviously different than than many uh, of my clients in in, in sure. northern Canada. <laughs> I, I, have, I have I have a client in New Brunswick. Oh yeah, in the maritime provinces. So that's that's very different weather, and and. And so they've been saying, oh, you got to come visit and, and I'll be your guide. You can stay here. I'm going to show you around. And that con- those connections actually made me more of, uh, I can see uh, this more in a more natural way, I think. So I'm not saying COVID was a good thing. Sure. <laughs> you know, you got to say that up front, but <laughs> it, 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 it was good uh, to many people. Uh, uh, in in many ways, I, mm-hmm. I can say that uh, it helped us grow uh, ex, uh, a lot. I mean, tremendously uh, in terms of uh, knowing who we are, who we are, uh, what we're dealing with, and and also uh, in terms of technology. I think uh, because you know. Being able to, we we used to have uh, on uh, calls, online calls. Zoom was 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 a thing already. Uh, uh, Google Meeting, uh, FaceTime, but it wasn't a thing that was normal. It wasn't normal, and and now and now that it is a normal thing, people don't care where you are. And uh, before COVID, you would you would uh, hear about a, 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 a service provider a coach or whatever. And, oh, right. I want to know more about it because I, I'm, I'm looking for so-and-so who does that. And you would ask, where is he located? Where is she located? Maybe, oh, no, that's too far. Oh, really? That's a different country. No, you don't even care. You don't ask where they're located because it doesn't matter. You're going to be seeing them in front of you on a camera because it became normal. So I think that that actually brought people closer uh in terms of like this you know we're doing this yeah. right it, it, i don't i don't i don't see this happening before covid as a normal thing right yeah. it, it was happening but it wasn't normal and now it became interesting because you can meet more people and you can learn more and and there's people out there say for example you you people around you know what you do so you know that uh, the, you, you, you know you can help people, but you, you got your limit. So maybe there's someone in a country far, far away that would be in love uh, with, uh, with what you can offer, with your help, with your services. And that became a thing. And it became real. I, I was going after that. And then, boom, it happened so much faster. So yes, I do plan on, on visiting and spending some time in other countries. Uh, 
probably by the end of this year or maybe next year. I'm not in a, in, in a rush right now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I'm not anymore. <laughs> sure. So, so yeah, I, I do plan on doing that. It's going to be awesome. I think you're absolutely right. I think we think of the isolation and the isolation was real and it was, it was tough and it was tough for a lot of people. And it showed us a couple of things. It showed us that we need community It showed us that we really do need that to, to, to advance ourselves and to advance others and to feel like we're a part of something. And what you're also saying is it, it didn't, it didn't um, introduce the concept, but it enhanced that concept of global community and that we are all connected. And that is something that I've definitely taken away. As I, I mentioned at the beginning, um, before we even started uh, talking, you had kind of asked what was the impetus for starting What's Your Bliss and, and all of that. And I'd said, I dabbled with other podcast concepts and, and, and things like that. And if I had done that, and I had done that at the time that I was thinking of, which was pre-COVID, I would have never mm. thought that I could have this these global guests and things like that, like this, it really has been such a, um, an opportunity, right? It was, it was absolutely a curse, but it can be a blessing too. And I think that that's, I believe that this made your job more exciting in my opinion. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Right? I, I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, so as we're winding down, well, that was a quick hour, <laughs> but as we're winding it was, down, it was. yeah, I agree. <laughs> um, wow. Yeah, we we usually finish with just a couple questions, and and the first one is, if you had to just give advice for others to find bliss specifically within, you know, finding kind of that, either that niche for themselves or or that excitement to connect with people, if you had to just boil it down to some some advice for our our listeners, what would you say uh, on advice? Okay. Uh, be persistent is just too simple, uh, but it's still working, right? I actually saw a video yesterday about, uh, what was Diana Nyad hmm. who swam from, from Cuba to, to Key West in Florida, 111 miles at the age of 64 and that happened a, a few years back but i was watching the video yesterday and i was like oh my god and then some 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 people uh, think that they're too old to to go back to college or whatever and this woman decided to try again because she had failed many times when she was young and then she gave up and at the age of 64 she tried it again and completed uh, finish the challenge. And so if I was to give an advice to someone uh, trying to feel uh, uh, filled and fulfilled, mm -hmm. uh, it would be keep trying uh, to do stuff that you like. Uh, don't, don't believe in anyone telling you that you can't. Uh, and, the, and I think the most important one would be even if things don't work like they didn't last year, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, for many people, some people are not even around anymore, which is right. very sad. Yeah. So it didn't work in a way. I'm not going to go into that, but in a way it didn't work for many people. But you can actually change and pivot and, and, and it could actually get better. Like I just said, uh, I plan on actually doing what I planned before and I feel more prepared, more empowered uh, to follow through and, and have fun doing it, not worrying so much because now I, I feel stronger. To, to more, more, I have more power. I have more, more, more connections. And that happened because things didn't work out. But they did. In the end, they did. So if you're looking to, to find your bliss, uh, understand that the, the way you are is unique and people will be interested in knowing more about you. Be authentic. Be yourself. Keep doing what you like to do. And go after your dream. Even if it's going for a walk every day, 
uh, I want to be healthy. I want to be in shape. I want to lose weight. That's your dream. Keep doing it because it's going to happen to you. Even if things don't work out because they will in the end. I think that's a beautiful sentiment and it's really about kind of keeping your heart open to the alternative possibilities. Uh, yeah. the, the, it might not be one path that gets you there. And so to keep your, keep your heart open to finding the path that works and whatever path presents itself. They will present themselves. Absolutely. Sometimes more than one path and you can choose, but yeah. keep going because they all lead to a place where you can make your own decisions. Right. And that's you being you. Absolutely. Well, last question is, uh, what would you like to promote? Okay. Uh, I have a Facebook group called Expand Your Brand for Coaches. So uh, you don't have to be a coach, but if you are an entrepreneur in the transformation industry, which is the term I used previously, <laughs> you are more than welcome to join my group. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash expand your brand for coaches expand your brand for coaches you can you can search for that name if you don't find the link uh ask to join uh, you can add me on facebook also jack tristal uh send me a face uh, facebook uh, friend request i'm gonna accept that uh i'm gonna be talking with you and invited you to join the, the the group but you can ask to join the group and you can learn a lot about uh, being authentic, uh, being yourself. I go live in the group. Uh, we've got plenty of videos there where I share uh, some of what I shared here, but obviously more deeply there. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's my, my, my invite. Great. Well, we'll put those in the show notes as well so that everyone can find those. And uh, Jack, it has been an absolute pleasure for me, an absolute treat. I've so thoroughly enjoyed our conversation and just appreciate everything that you've, that you've given to the episode. And thank you so much for agreeing to be on. Thank you. Thank you, Thomas. It was a pleasure. I really enjoyed this hour that went by so fast. <laughs> it did. I'd love to have you back sometime. So we'll, we'll work on getting that to happen too. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I love that too. Thank you. thank you. You can find what's your bliss at anything but credible.com and on all major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher. Please follow on Twitter and Instagram at YourBlissPod, and like What's Your Bliss on Facebook. If you have any questions for me, or if you'd like to be a guest or advertise on the podcast, please email me at YourBlissPodcast at gmail.com. Please check out anythingbutcredible.com to find all the additional awesome content and podcasts, including Offended, Movie Merge, Going Off Topic, and of course, the Anything But Credible podcast. Mm -hmm.